everyone out this evening. It is our teen service, so looking forward to hearing from our teens tonight as they use their talents for the Lord. Let's go ahead and open in a word of prayer, and we'll see what the Lord has for us. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to uh, come out and worship you and to praise you tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd be with our teenagers and that you'd calm their nerves, and Lord, that you would uh, just help them to do well and to be pleasing in your sight. Uh, to remember that they have an audience of one, and that's you. Lord, I ask that you would speak to our hearts as Brother Caleb preaches tonight. Lord, I pray that if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Thank you again for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Before our first congregation tonight, Miss Haley and the young ladies of the teen class will be doing a special. Blessings come. 
Open your hymn books to page 24, His Name is Wonder.
just before the services, uh, Luke and Ethan are going to be playing for you.
Okay, this one's uh, in the garden. song we've had little or no success with, but we're going to try it anyway. Uh, nothing but the blood. Okay. I kicked off the last two. You yeah, can kick this you one off. Can kick off this one, too. <laughs> An A? Sure. Okay. You're the one that picked the song. <laughs> um, nothing but the blood? Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah, I know that's all they know how to play, but uh, I'll fly away and don't mess around. Okay. Right. I'll fly away. Is there a key you'd like that in? Uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G. As long as it's not in Z, we're good. <laughs> G. Sure. And you kick this one off, because I've kicked off everyone. <laughs> stage before I could tell them to do another one, but no, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for, uh, the, uh, the Lord's really uh, blessed us with some great talent with our young people, and uh, uh, Faith is going to be playing the piano at, during the invitation time, or during, I'm sorry, during the offertory, and so we're looking forward to that as well. But tonight, uh, Brother Caleb's going to come. I've asked him to preach, and so looking forward to hearing what God has to say this evening. All right, if you would, go ahead and open in your Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter number 24. Book of Joshua, chapter number 24. I'm going to use a very, very well-known verse, but hope to draw a little something different um, out of it tonight. Um, when Pastor uh, approached me last month uh, asking if I would be interested in 
preaching for tonight's teen service. I said yes, I'd be happy to. And uh, of course, immediately started praying, Lord, what would you have me to bring? And, uh, you know, just over time, um, you know, the Lord uses a lot of different things to speak to you. And just uh, something that has really been on my heart a lot lately, mostly because of conversations that com- have come up with people at work. Um, tonight is going to be about choice. It's going to be about choice. So Joshua chapter number 24, uh, if you're there, if you could look at verse number 15, and then if you're able, go ahead and rise just for this one verse this evening, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's go to the word in prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this evening. Lord, uh, just be with me. Help me to just speak the words that you have. And uh, Lord, help us all to just have a desire to leave here having been changed a little bit more into the image of your dear son and just a little bit better able to reflect your light out onto this dark and dying world. Again, Lord, just please help us to give the glory to you in all that we do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Joshua 24, verse 15, very well-known verse, especially that portion at the end. Um, You know, it, it has been made into adornments in houses that I've seen in many great Christian families over the years. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But that is... Serving the Lord is a choice. And as Joshua said here, there are other options that we could choose. Um, Because a choice, while a choice is a thing, choosing is an action. And you can make a right choice. You can make a wrong choice. Uh, You know, with the way life is, you know, I'm going to turn 28 here in uh, two months And I've been out and about enough, and I've learned that there are times where you have more than two choices, and it's not quite so clear all the time, black and white. And those are the times where we really the most have to seek God's will. But let's look at some of the options here um, that the children of Israel had and how those relate to our lives today. So the first choice uh, there, um, Joshua said, look, if... If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, to serve Jehovah, then you can choose from these. And the first choice was whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood. Now, the flood being referenced there specifically is the flood that had happened about 40 years prior to this. Uh, The children of Israel, after they had their 40 years of wandering... Then they came into the promised land, the land of Canaan, what is now known as the Middle East. And it was another 40 years of military battles, just a constant battle, one after another after another for 40 more years. But that first, when they first entered into the land, you can read this back in uh, the beginning chapters of Joshua, there was the River Jordan that had flooded and it was way over its banks, and they had to cross that river. 
and God gave them a miraculous entry into the land by crossing that river on dry ground. And uh, we won't read that for the sake of time this evening, but they got into the land of Canaan through a miracle, and Joshua's saying, look, there were gods that our fathers served, that our ancestors put their faith and trust in, that we left behind. Those were the gods of Egypt. Um, You know, it's... It kind of makes sense if you stop and think about it. The children of Israel, they were slaves to the Egyptians for hundreds of years. And I can completely see how over time you would eventually come to think to yourself, man, you know, we pray and we cry out to, to the God of, of Israel, to Jehovah all the time. But our whole family's been in slavery my whole life. Our, you know, our parents were in slavery. Their parents were in slavery. We've been in slavery for generations. And I'm not seeing anything from our God. Maybe the gods that they serve are stronger. I can understand, not saying it's right, but I can understand how they would get to a place where they would come to serve those Egyptian gods. That's why those ten plagues that God called down on Egypt, every single plague hit a major, powerful god that the Egyptians worshipped. They had a god of the Nile. God turned it to blood. They had a god of frogs, a god of, of the light, and they had a god of the firstborn. Of course, we all know that final plague, the death of every firstborn in the nation that, was not cover, that the, the household was not covered by the blood of a lamb. And that's, that's God demonstrating that he was greater than all of those. That they got to see that and they had the opportunity then to reject those false gods and to begin serving the true God. But Joshua here, all this time later, he's saying, you can serve those gods if you want. Those broken, those defeated gods. And ultimately, what are all of those gods going back to? They're, they ultimately all boil down to thinking that we know better than the true God. Because you can go back and you can and trace it all back to Cain, the first murderer, to Adam, the first human sinner, back to Lucifer himself before the fall, thinking they know better than God. And that's so easy to fall into these days. So many times we, you know, I, I hope we, we read the Bible um, and we go through it and we read and we think, man, I know this is what's supposed to be, but God, it's just life's just so different nowadays. And it's just so so much has changed. And I'm just not sure if if really that's what we need to go by anymore. I can't tell you time and time and time again, I've seen in my own life, not even talking about people that you know I work with who are by the words and actions that I see every day very clearly living ungodly lives. But I'm telling you, in my own life, every time that I have ever thought to myself, I know the Bible says this, but I'm going to try it this way, it has never ended in anything except for utter failure. Utter failure. God knows what's best. We've got to follow Him. All else will just lead only to destruction. But then there was a second choice that he gave them. There in verse number 15, it said, Or, so if you don't want to serve those former gods, or there's the gods of the Amorites 
in whose land you dwell. And for this one, you kind of have to take a moment and understand, like I said, there were 40 years of military battles leading up to this moment. The, the children of Israel, when they came into this promised land that God had promised to Abraham, um, they did not just walk in and everything was hunky-dory. Now, so long as they followed God, and if you actually read through Joshua, they did only have one loss. But God gave them the victory, but it was a victory they had to fight for. It was not just open cities ready and willing to receive them. There were fights all the time. And those people, they had their own gods that they served. Very different from the Egyptian gods of old, but they had their own gods that they followed. And Joshua's saying, now look, these gods, our God, the true God, Jehovah, he's given us victory over them. In every situation, every time, so long as we were following him and that one victory, again, I don't want to get into it for the sake of time tonight, but that was when there was hidden sin within the population of Israel and it had to be dealt with before they could have victory. But uh, so these, those people, the Amorites, and actually they were, Joshua was speaking while they were in the former land of the Amorites, but the whole Middle East section there, there were all sorts of tribes, and they all had their own gods. And Joshua's saying, look, you can serve those gods if you want. Just like those gods of Egypt that had been broken and had been proven to be nothing compared to the true God, you can serve these ones if you want that couldn't protect their people because we were following the true God. So what's, what's your choice there? And there's, you know, you think, well, how does that come to be with us today? Well, I've noticed very much in my generation, the gener you know, I am on the front end of what's called the millennials, and I've noticed very much so that there are a lot of people around my age who will, they will come every step and will stop just this short of using the word worship when they talk about science and when they talk about technology. And they talk about all the wonders that our modern, rational thinking has afforded us. And this one is truly dangerous because I am absolutely for, you know, using technology. You know, we have our sound system going right now. We're recording. Uh, we put our sermons up on YouTube. Um, and I think that's a wonderful thing. But the problem is that they put their faith and they put their trust in what science and technology can do for them. And it has so many limitations. I, you know, I have someone who is, I do consider him a friend. Uh, he's an unsaved individual. I've known him for a, over a decade at this point. And he put out a post on social media last week where he literally, um, he went into the hospital uh, with severe migraines and he came out. And he literally posted afterwards Thoughts and prayers did nothing for me. Thank you, modern medicine. That's, he stopped just short of using the word worship there, but he's, he's literally saying that faith is useless. That broke my heart when I read that. And he and I have had discussions, and he knows where I stand, but um, that just that, that hurt me to my core to see him so openly say that. And I have many others, again, around my age that I work with or, or have worked with in the past who they feel the same way. 
They put every bit of faith and trust in their bodies into science and it's going to leave them short because at the end of it all, there's more than just this physical world. You can measure, you can break down, you can analyze everything here, but the mind, the soul, heaven and hell, those are all far beyond anything that we can ever examine with science. Those require faith, and that faith is what's lacking. They just, well, I guess they do have faith, it's just misplaced. They put it in, in things of this own world, they put it in their own minds, and ultimately, what you really can boil it down to is it's the same thing. It's thinking that they know better than God. And it's an easy trap to fall into. Again, I am 100% in favor of, you know, especially medical advancements. Uh, you know, we have Dr. Adam and Miss Christie's here tonight. And uh, Eli is wanting to become a nurse as well. Um, I am all in favor of, of using technology to help people in their lives, but we've got to have our true faith supremely be vested in God. And that leads us into, that leads us to that third choice that uh, Joshua gave to the people. There at the end, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what it comes down to. Because Anything else is just completely the wrong choice. Uh, we can think we know this, we can think we know that, but it's all going to crumble. And, uh, and this, it's especially hard to choose to serve God because it's not a one-time choice. Um, salvation is a one-time thing where you place your faith in, in God and he enters into your life and miraculously changes you. But the day-to-day -day life requires a choice every day and throughout the day. Uh, go ahead and turn over to the book of Romans, chapter 7. The Apostle Paul talked about this. Romans 7, verses 21 through 25, it says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, after the spiritual side, he's, he gets pleasure from studying God's word, from preaching God's word. But I, Verse 23, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Our natural bodies, our natural state is, it leads to sin. You know, so many times people will do or say something, and they'll try to excuse it by saying, oh, well, that's just who I am. That's just my nature. That's just human nature. I, that, they're right. But human nature is a bad thing. The, our nature constantly just drags down and focuses on self rather than focusing on God and on others. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, Paul wrote, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? But thank God we have an answer. Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. It's about making those choices. You've got to make a choice to get up in the morning and to talk to God and to read his word. That's a choice you've got to remake every single morning. Because 
yeah, you, you may have read it yesterday, you may have prayed yesterday, well, that's great, but now that's in the past, and what about the present? And then as you go throughout the day, you've got to make the choice, and it's, you know, that at this point, it's going to depend based on where you go and, and who you have communications with, but it's those choices. When someone cuts you off in traffic, are you going to, you know, horn cuss them out and give them what for and, you know, maybe even reach that arm out the window, show them they're number one, or are you going to just keep calm and just, you know, try to right yourself and stay as safe as you can and just pray and say, thank you, Lord, that uh, we all got through that. Thank you for watching over us. And, you know, if, and if you can find it in yourself to even go so far as to pray, God, help that person to be safe on the rest of their journey. Um, because that's the thing is so many times we will stop and we will pray about ourselves. And, you know, I've Literally, this exact situation I'm giving you, I'm, I'm saying because it happened to me Friday on the way to work, uh, or actually it was on the way home, rather. I had someone who just pulled out of a driveway as I was going down US 40, and they just pulled out in front of me, and thank the Lord, the left lane was open. I was able to get right over, get around them, but for a brief moment in time, I was thinking to myself, man, that fool, what was going on? Were they not paying attention? And then immediately... God hit me with the first part, which was, hey, I watched over you. You're fine. You're okay. That person's okay. And so I had to take a moment and pray and say, thank you, Lord. And then a few moments later, God came knocking on my heart again. And God said, hey, you don't know who that was. You don't know if that person is saved. That person could have entered eternity moments ago and you have not yet stopped to think about their eternal soul. Why don't you take a moment and pray safe mercies on them and just pray that if they don't know Christ, that someone will come and speak to them. And that just, I tell you what, that hit me hard. That was, I, that was God, and I'm not saying I heard a voice speaking out of like, you know, my speakers in my car or something. But I'm telling you, God got a hold of my heart. And he just squeezed it there for a minute because I, you know, if I'm being honest, a lot of times I'm a selfish Christian. I'll think, I, you know, I'll see a, a wreck on the side of the road and, you know, I may, if I see a wreck, I may, you know, pray for that. But so many times if I see a close call, I don't stop and, and pray for that person's continued safety. I just think about myself and I say, thank you, Lord, for watching over me. Lord, help me get home. I need to be focusing on other people. You know, we, we teach kids this starting from, you know, in, in little children's church. You've got that wonderful word, joy. Nice three letters, easy to remember. Put Jesus first, and then others, and then yourself last. And a lot of times, we may be doing all right about putting Jesus first, but then we start trying to put ourselves second. And that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. The right choice is to put others second, put ourselves last. And it's a choice we've got to make, not just once in our life, not just once every morning, but it's a choice we've got to make every single chance we get as we go through our lives and do our best to follow God. Go ahead and... Bow your heads. I have, you know, it was a short sermon tonight.
But it's what God put on my heart, the power of choice. Because our choices are what define us. Our choices are what separate us from anyone else. And it starts with a choice to give your life to God. It starts with a choice of acknowledging that we're sinners. We're a sinner, first of all, by birth. And second of all, we're a sinner by choice. We've all chosen to do wrong things in our life. We've all chosen ourselves over God. And we've got to start with salvation. If there's anyone here tonight who is at all unsure of whether they're saved, would you take just a brief moment, just raise your hand real quick. Just put it up, put it down. I know it's a Sunday night. Um, pretty much mostly home folk tonight. Um, I didn't see any hands. So I thank God that I think we can rest assured that uh, for the most part we're saved. So for those who are saved and are here tonight, think about that. Think about as I go through my life, do I do a good job of putting Jesus first? You know, we don't want to be like that church of Ephesus written there in Revelation who had left their first love. We don't want to get Jesus out of the first place in our life. But then second of all, if we do still have that straight, are we putting others as the next important things? Or are we putting ourselves in that spot? gotten to the point where they're habits in our lives and we've got to examine ourselves and we've got to say is this something that I just I think this is just how my day goes but is this a choice that I could change is this a choice something that would help me to be a better witness to people choices. Appreciate that uh, uh, that message encouraged me. And I was sitting there thinking, uh, instead of joy, a lot of us have J-O. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, don't make a word. So, and uh, so if we want true joy, we need to have Jesus first, others second, and ourselves last. All right. Unless we have Jesus ourselves. That would, never mind, I don't want to mess up the message. But uh, anyways, I do appreciate the, the message. Appreciate the teenagers tonight. Didn't they do a good job? Appreciate that. Yeah. I know they, they do it to, uh, to please the Lord. And, uh, but tonight we're going to take up our offering. Everything that comes in tonight is uh, going to be uh, given to our, our teenagers, uh, their mission fund, or actually their teen fund. And so... Um, uh, they're trying to raise funds for uh, going to Costa Rica and on a missions trip and looking forward to that. All right. 
Brother, uh, Brother Eli, sir, would you please? Thank you for giving Caleb the words to say and help us to apply to our everyday lives. And please bless the gift from the giver of this offering. In Jesus' name, pray. Amen. Hey, she was nervous about that. I said, John, I thought she'd done a really good job. I think flawless. I didn't notice any, any mess up, so good job. All right, let's all stand. We're going to close in a word of prayer. I want you to stick around. We have some cake and some uh, desserts back in the back uh, for our uh, evening. Um, I, know, I know that's why you came, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, but uh, anyway, so I do appreciate you being here tonight. Stick around for that. We've got some punch and cake back in the back, and everyone's welcome to enjoy in the fellowship. All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Brother Ed, sir, would you close us, sir?